What is the Podcaster Matrix? The Podcaster Matrix is your source for podcast media hosting. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. When you hear the words Friday the 13th, what do you think of? While most will recollect a certain impossible-to-be-killed masked individual bearing sharp weapons of all kinds, there's another Friday the 13th that deserves attention. In 1987, Friday the 13th, the series, created a rich tapestry of completely original storytelling. Based on a series of curious, devilishly enchanted objects that must be recovered and returned to the vault to prevent truly dark fates from befalling their owners. This is the detailed revisit and review of the adventures of their reacquisition. Episode by episode. You won't find any hockey masks here. This is the Curious Goods Podcast from Two Guys Talking Horror. Not being able to control your body isn't funny. We've all had nightmares where suddenly you have no control over your body and then you wake up and can control your body. Imagine life for those that don't have control of their bodies, who are paralyzed from the neck down forever. What if they could be placed inside of an antique wheelchair that, along with a series of recurring deaths, could eventually restore their body to full functionality? It's a strange question, but one we'll try to answer during this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. A retelling, a revisit, and complete educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 3, Episode 4, Crippled Inside. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Nick, some quick housekeeping. New Master and Episode Art. This is a very fun time inside of the Curious Goods podcast, mostly because we've just issued the new master art for the podcast that features a whole bunch of fire, Uncle Lewis, and the devil. So be sure to go check that out over at our website or inside of any of our podcast directory listings where you'll see that new art. But there's also new episode art, which you can find exclusively over at our website over at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Remember, there's a piece of custom art for every single episode of the podcast from inception to now. If you haven't been seeing those, make sure you go check those out. Again, it's over at our website over at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Have you listened to our episode featuring John DeLemay yet? If you haven't, I encourage you to get over to our website over at CuriousKidsPodcast.com where Nick and I had the pleasure of welcoming on John LeMay to talk about his life's escapades as one Ryan Dalian and as he left the show as Ryan Dalian and a whole bunch of great light bulb moments inside that episode, Nick. Absolutely. Be sure you go check it out at our website over at CuriousKidsPodcast.com. A special disclaimer. There are many grave topics that we discuss inside of the review of Friday the 13th, the series. Rape is serious. It is front and center inside this episode. While our retells always include humor, 
for entertainment purposes, we do not take the events or circumstances depicted inside this episode lightly. And now the retell. A boy, Marcus. A girl, Rachel. A kiss. A dance of innocence that then turns dark. Marcus makes his move. Suddenly, three of his friends, Peter, Ed, and Scott, also appear and change an innocent outing into a nightmare. They plan to have their way with her, but she escapes. The four give chase. As she arrives at the bridge, she runs in front of a car to get their attention, to try and get help, and then... She gets hit and is run over by a car. All four boys stand in horror as they see what's happened. The driver gets out of the car to see if the girl can be helped, and she lives. But her body is broken, paralyzed from the neck down. Later, that same girl is in a wheelchair. It makes its way down a ramp in front of an immaculate home. It's the same girl, Rachel, controlling the wheelchair with her chin. Her mom encourages her to put all this behind her and to get on with her life, but she's not having any of it and literally presses on. Over at the Curious Kids Antique Shop, time to choose. Mickey and Johnny are plotting their next antique recovery adventure. The wheelchair or the umbrella? Mickey is trying to explain to Johnny that this isn't a game. This is serious work. Over outside of her home, Rachel and her mother decide it's time to head to a yard sale. An elderly man down the street sees the girl in the wheelchair and then shows her a different kind of wheelchair. He explains that once he too was trapped inside his body. You see, this chair is special. It healed him, and it can heal her, too. You want to be healed, don't you? She smiles from behind her chin-controlled chair. Mom, can you buy this chair for me? It's not for sale. I'm giving it to you. And so the gift is given. After lunch, Mickey and Johnny arrive back at the shop, and hey, a telegram from Jack Marshak. He's off in London hunting down the Shard of Medusa and won't be back inside this episode. It's also the reason why Mickey isn't seen inside this episode after a short cameo. Ha ha! Later inside Rachel's house, she is adoring the new chair given to her, and Mom asks her to help her into the chair. Her mother does so, carefully putting her into the new conveyance. Rachel smiles for the first time in a long time. Apparently, life can go on. Can I just sit here for a bit, Mom? Oh, interesting. Mumsy thankfully has to work late tonight. As the mother departs for work, Rachel stares out the window, into the yard, contemplating the events of days and weeks past, and then begins learning more about her new recently gifted wheelchair. A bird tweets and flies away from the window, and as it does so, Rachel's hands and feet begin to twitch. She can move her neck. She begins to stand. But it's some kind of astral extension of herself. She springs out the door. Over at the creepy old healed man's house, Johnny pulls up in the rolls. The bins. And he's looking for an auction item. You know, the wheelchair. He learns that it was given to a woman and a girl that lived close just this afternoon. Across the Canadian Berg, 
Oh my! The four boys continue their life as they ride in a red Mustang Foxbody 5.0 so their hair can flow! Time to steal the answers to the science exam from the school! Peter decides to make his reconnoiter to score the test answers. As he walks down the dark halls, Peter finds bumps in the shadows, creaks in the halls, creaks in the classrooms, and a girl. Remember me? She laughs. <laughs> You're supposed to be in a wheelchair. Yeah, thanks to you. What do you want? A confession. Am I scaring you, Peter? Tell the police what you did to me, Peter. Peter, scared, runs headlong into a rack of science chemicals and begins to burn! His friends rush to his rescue. They follow the screams into the school and find Peter, who is now just a blob of gooey teenage wasteland. His friends abandon the puddle and haul ass. As the girl begins to run back home, she runs into, oh, the old man, who explains that the chair will start to heal her now. As she runs down the street, she fades and then heads back towards home. She sits down upon herself, fading back into the body she had previously. As she twitches, her mother walks in and witnesses the twitching. It's a miracle! The next day, her mother continues to marvel at Rachel's recovery. Then, there's a knock at the door. It's Johnny! You see, he was riding around the neighborhood and was wondering if perhaps they had bought a wheelchair yesterday. They did, but you know what? They aren't interested in selling the chair, and so, too bad for Johnny. No chair for you. Rachel uses her chin-controlled chair to peer out the window at Johnny as he remounts the rolls. The bins. Rachel begins to comfort her mother, and then she asks her mother to put her in the chair again, please. Hmm. Back at the same Canadian school, the rolls... The bins. Pulls up again to get more 411 about Rachel the wheelchaired girl. Johnny learns that the girl was hit by a car last year. A couple of students encourage him to check out with the dudes. You know, the ones in 4B. They know all about it. Oh, and by the way, they mentioned that some dude was dissolved in the science lab classroom yesterday. Hmm, isn't that interesting? As Johnny continues his teenage inquisition, Hey, look, it's Scotty. You know, Scotty, one of the would-be gang rapists. Scott begins talking to Johnny and tells him that his friends tried to rape her. He details that Marcus said that she'd party with all of them, but that wasn't the case. Somehow, now she's apparently getting back at the four boys. He doesn't want to end up like Peter. Johnny emphasizes Scotty also didn't try to stop them. Johnny offers his card and asks how he can find the others involved. Later in the day, Marcus pulls up on Scotty in his Foxbody 5.0 and says, I've got another day. Want to come watch? They face off and begin talking about Peter, his death, and what's to come. Scotty tells Marcus that they've got to turn themselves in because it's the only way. Marcus then asserts, Dude, if you snitch, you're going to die because I'll kill you. Later, as Johnny arrives back at the Curious Goods antique shop, he's poring over the recently acquired copy of the high school yearbook and the Gents of 4B. He finds Ed Bell. 
Shortly thereafter, we find Ed making his move on another young teenage girl on the rooftop of his apartment building. Suddenly, they're interrupted by a girl's laugh? <laughs> Ed's date runs in horror, but Ed is now stuck on the roof with the girl that laughs. Oh my goodness, it's Rachel! Ever wonder what it's like to fly? Ed runs. She laughs more. As Ed's horrific run continues, Johnny pulls up to Ed's location. The terror above on the rooftop continues. Ed backs up and unknowingly tumbles off the ten-story structure. As Johnny arrives to the rooftop, hunting for Ed, Johnny finds Rachel, who then mysteriously fades right in front of him. As she arrives back home, she sits once again inside of her own visage and now can move her left and right arm. She clenches her fists and realizes it's happening. She's being healed. Outside, the creepy also healed old man hears the undulating calls of joy and Rachel calls, Mommy! Mommy! Later that evening, at Rachel's house, a window cracks open. Rachel calls out, Mama, is that you? Someone ascends the staircase. Rachel begins crawling towards her chair. Then Marcus says, I'm still waiting for my goodnight kiss. Outside, Johnny rolls up in the rolls. Duh, Benz. And Marcus grabs Rachel and begins to fulfill his previously planned conquest. Johnny interrupts and mixes it up with Marcus. He eventually disarms Marcus, takes the knife, and tells Marcus, Do yourself a favor. Get as far as you possibly can away from here. The creepy healed old man is also outside. Johnny begins to recover the wheelchair and realizes that Rachel kills and her body reaches a new level of recovery. Killing is wrong. You will get your body back, but you will lose your soul. They took my body from me. What other justice is there? Johnny grabs the chair, and Rachel begins pulling herself across the floor in defiance. The old man verbally accosts Johnny. A stroke paralyzed my body. Doctor said I'd never walk again, but you know, what do they know? You used this? People like Marcus never get the message. If you take the chair, you'd be killing her. You can't live another person's life. You can't look after their souls. The boys made their choice. She has made hers. You gain nothing by taking her only chance at happiness. Unless you want to be a permanent bodyguard, he will kill her. I'll talk to her, I promise. And the wheelchair is taken back to the girl. Scotty finds his way to the Curious Goods Antique Shop. He enters the unlocked store. He turns on the lights. Johnny? Back at Rachel's home, the old man witnesses Rachel rising from her chair. The creepy-heeled old man witnesses her on her way to her next kill, to continue her journey to being healed, and then he, too, fades away. Huh? Back inside the Curious Good Shop, Rachel's astral-vengeful form finds Scotty inside the Curious Good Shop. Scott continues to marvel at Rachel being fully recovered, and suddenly, she begins working her feminine wiles on Scotty? I want my first time to be with you. Scott complies. As the situation continues to unfold, she undoes his belt, lashes it to the incredibly ornate and heavy counter inside the Curious Goods Antique Shop, and then makes her way to the rope. 
You know, the rope that is attached to the chandelier, hovering dangerously directly above Scotty's body. She cuts the rope with Marcus's knife. The chandelier falls, and so does Scotty. Johnny arrives to witness it. Rachel then fades away in front of Johnny's eyes. As Rachel arrives back at her home, her mother sees Rachel arrive. Rachel tells her mom that the chair is helping her to recover. I, I can feel them. I can feel my legs. She stands. Horrified, her mother encourages her to get away from the chair. Rachel wants to go back to the chair. As Rachel's mom drags her down the hall away from the chair, Rachel tries to stab her mother with a knife. And in walks Marcus, who then cold cocks Mumsy. I couldn't leave without getting a good night, Cass. Why are you playing hard to get now? I know you love me. Rachel makes her way back to the chair, but Marcus pulls her away from it. She sprays him in the face with 1980s-based hairspray, obscuring his vision just long enough so that she can get back to the chair. Marcus is then able to wheel her to the top of the stairs, preparing to launch her down the staircase, but she's able to once again spring from her body. It's the astral vengeful form again! The astral vengeful form is able to get behind Marcus and become reality. She chokes Marcus to death. <sighs> Johnny races into the house, surveying the carnage that has recently occurred. As he looks over at Rachel, Rachel wonders why she has not yet fully recovered. The fourth death should have restored her completely, but you see, she doesn't fully recover because she didn't kill him. She only choked him out. He was unconscious. He's not dead yet. Marcus then quickly springs back into place, ready to toss Rachel down the staircase as Rachel latches onto his wrists and both tumble down the staircase. Johnny and Mumsy watch in horror as the two bounce and eventually land with two coordinated cracks. Both are dead. Later inside the Curious Good Shop, Johnny is lamenting the events of the last day as he stares at the new wheeled acquisition, making the item recovered, preparing to seal it inside the vault when the creepy old healed man arriveth. He pleads for Johnny to let him have the chair back to benefit someone else, but Johnny's having none of it. To showcase his righteousness, Johnny grabs a fire axe and begins to chop, chop, chop at the chair, but Johnny still doesn't realize that as the chair remains undamaged from the fire axe, this and all of the curiously cursed goods and their legacies will live on forever. Every episode of Friday the 13th has goods and bads. Let's focus on the goods. The making of the retail. This will be the first episode of, I don't know how many there will ever be, but this will be the first episode of the Curious Kids podcast that we actually decided to insert a disclaimer. And it's because, for those of you that have been paying attention to us now for more than a season and a half, at the middle of season one, altered the plan for how we do the front end of the of the episode. You're where right. The retail has become more of this chiding 
animated. Kind of radio play type of a deal. Yeah. yeah. Reasonably funny mm-hmm. poke at what's going on inside the episode so that most importantly for people that have never seen the show, well, you're not lost if you're listening to our podcast. Right. Uh, one of the questions that came up really early inside of our podcast was like, so, uh, man, that sound, that show sounds great. How can we go and watch it? And we go, you can't. <laughs> yeah. Unless you own the show, yeah. you, you can't watch the show. Yeah. So uh, the, the, the want to make something super entertaining so that you would sit and listen to it and be engaged in the story was one of the, the prime things that we needed to get done. And we've done that. Mm-hmm. The problem is how do you take that fun and the funny and the ironical and the har har and the twisty turny jokes that you and I use and apply that to, Hey, look, a lead gang rape scene. Yeah. Well, the answer is you don't. Right. You yeah. don't ignore it because it's part of the story, but you also don't, you you don't give it the legs it needs to stand on with your with your humor. Right. And so we did. And what I wanted to make sure we talked about was that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about the literal altering course of of what we had planned. Yeah. B- because it's important. Mm-hmm. It and is. It's a serious topic and we don't want to make light of it, but we also don't want to not do a retelling simply because one of the story points is this group of young men attempted to do something completely and totally despicable to a young girl. It's part of the story. It's part of what dri- – it's the whole reason why there is a story. Right. But we also didn't want to be disrespectful and go, oh, and as the lusty boys encircle the, the pretty blonde – no, we could have done something like that. Reason why we had a disclaimer – there may be another disclaimer in the future for for other topics that may come about. It doesn't necessarily mean we're not going to retell the story the way that it happened. It just means that we will be more cautious when it comes to crafting the section of the retail that details questionable content. Yeah. The cautious crafting, I think, is a, a super appropriate term. Yes. And I, I just wanted to make sure that we, we took a moment to talk about that inside this episode. I love vengeance. Whether it's a great Batman comic <laughs> yeah. or any one of the other pieces of sequential art that you and I revel in, mm. there is something tasty about vengeance stories, especially in the horror vein. Uh, well, immediately, right. I instantly think of Carrie. Probably the movie that instantly changed how I thought of teenage girls my entire life. <laughs> because, wow. uh, no, no joke, dude. Seriously. Yeah. That that will, I guess, watching that at the wrong age is probably not appropriate. But it will give you a completely different line of respect for young ladies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I, love venge- I love vengeance stories of any kind. Because I love it when bad guys get theirs. Mm-hmm. There, there's no question. And inside of this one, the bad guys get theirs. Right. And a half. And so I, it's, it, how could I possibly not be wanting the bad guys to get theirs inside of this episode? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and it's a progression, too, because when Rachel first starts using the chair, she wants a confession. That's all she wants. She's not looking for murder. She wants justice, but then realizes that, Justice isn't going to cure her. 
vengeance is revenge will and and that's when you see the turn from i want to do the right thing and and maybe this chair will give me the opportunity to do that to where oh no they're never going to pay for this unless i make them pay and in a situation like this even though you go oh well you know revenge not 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 that wholesome of a an ideal not the heroic thing to do but for what these people did yeah I mean, it's it's why any of those vengeance type style movies, your your Dirty Harry, your your Death Wish with Charlie Bronson, stuff like that. It's it's why you can relate to a character. You can understand why the character is doing this, and to certain levels, you root for them to succeed because the bad guys need to be punished. And as we all know, the law only can go so far. Right. I think the other piece of this that I really like is that at some point inside of all vengeance stories, regardless of how comic booky or not they are, Mm. there's a point where you do have to ask yourself the question, is this righteous? Don't get me wrong. As much as I want them all dead too, you also have to cantilever in the other direction where you go, okay, and so she just murders and that's good. And the answer is, and I love that. I love the contemplation and Mm -hmm. discussion of that question. Because it, it, it foments just great conversation. I love that. Johnny in the lead driver's seat. The solo hero story. This was very interesting when you brought this up. Because I don't think I'd have thought of this. Mostly because, as our new custom episode art indicates, this is now the, <laughs> the very first episode that fully features Johnny, essentially. By himself, yeah. By himself, Absolutely by himself. We get a little bit of Mickey in the beginning. No Jack whatsoever, just Mm -hmm. a telegram. (laughs) And I thought it was good. There's there's a almost accidental nature of the character development that's dropped for Johnny inside this episode, Mm -hmm. but it's there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the the interactions with the, the two scenes he has with Mickey before she's gone in the episode are all about... We have to take this serious. It's, oh, come on. The the cursed items are still going to be there tomorrow. Why why do we have to go out and look for them today? Because, Johnny, they're dangerous. We have to do this. This is a serious job. Okay, we set it up to where Johnny gets it, but does he get it? Yeah. And then he's left alone for the episode, and he has to deal with the moral ambiguity of, is this right? Does Rachel's vengeance need to be brought to fruition through this cursed item and and we get to see the no this is wrong i'm taking this chair to okay i'll i'll leave the chair and then immediately he regrets his decision yeah because then scotty dies so then oh i'm i'm coming back i'm taking that damn chair and just like every story where friday the 13th the series is concerned Nothing good comes out of using the cursed item. Yeah. And more people die. Yeah. And poor Johnny is just left still alone to stew with the fact I'm partially responsible for every death after I gave this chair back. That blood is on his hands. And and, and I know Johnny gets a lot of hate from hardcore fans of this show, but so far, I have to say, compared to his appearances in season two, Johnny's been useful, and I hope he continues to be 
useful. And I'm 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 more interested in seeing how his character development goes. Still Miss Ryan, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I'm happy that Ryan is gone. I'm just saying I'm willing to give Johnny a shot. Well, I I think there's another piece that needs to be talked about here too and it's the same level of care that Ryan was given in his off ramp. Mhm. I feel this is the same level of care for Johnny on his on ramp. Mm. Yeah. And and that's not an easy thing. I mean, anybody that was developing the show has got to understand that there are going to be haters right. that are going to hate that, wait a minute, where's Ryan? And instantly revile everything that comes after him. Mm-hmm. So, I, again, I, it's, it's why it's in the goods without question, because it was really well done. Bonus good. No standard pace. I've been talking a long time about entertainment. And especially as I get older, what I find I get really satisfied with is when I have no idea what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And inside of this episode, there are a number of instances where other than knowing that there are some bowling pins to be set up in the visage of our four would be gang rapists. Right. Nothing else is dictated at all. Mm. You don't know where the episode's going. They will give you things and then jerk it away from you. If not literally, then figuratively. Uh, They'll even give you the wheelchair. Look, everything's recovered. Everything's great. Mm -hmm. Except it's not. (laughs) And I love that. I love that about this episode is that it took me in completely different directions that I, not only did I not anticipate, I would have never guessed that it would take me in some of these directions. That they were going to kill not only the lead antagonist, but the protagonist. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I would have never guessed that we go and both Rachel and Marcus are dead by the end of the episode, ever, and that you could levy all that onto Johnny. Who would have thunk that? All right, yeah. I, I, again, I, I love it when this show and any show, any whether it be a, a previous show from way back, or it's something that comes out new in the cinema, or something that's in a streaming service. I love them all. When they take us in directions that are not standard. Those are the things that we thought were good inside this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. We're wondering what you thought was good about this episode. Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you think. Every episode of Friday the 13th, the series comes with its goods and its bads. We've talked about the goods. Now let's talk about the not-so-goods. Creepy old healed man. I, d- I dug the character. You needed the character. You had to have that, the, the, the person that gives Rachel the cursed item. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if there was like an extra scene in this episode that we didn't get to see that explained the old man a little bit better because he's creepy because he keeps on hanging out around Rachel's house, making sure she's using the chair right. But then there's a scene where he disappears, like like he was using his astral form. And then it's never discussed again. Yeah. And I, and, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What, is he, he can't be a ghost because we saw him at his home with his daughter after the yard sale and all that, you know, he, he he looked at Johnny. Johnny looked at him. He's watering his damn lawn for. I mean, he's he's not a ghost. 
So how does he have the ability to create an astral form? And why were we not seeing that all along? Yeah. So so that just that just you know spun my chair and made me go what? Yeah. I'm I'm not I'm I've no idea why we were showcased that at all, because. I mean, like, we never get to a point where Rachel is fully healed also, and mm. so does she also have this auxiliary power of being able to take the astral projection to some other area also. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, and we'll never know. I mean, we, well, yeah, we'll never line. know. Uh, what, I, what I think, I, what I know I really did like about the creepy old healed man was this, is that he is, he is the little visage of the dancing devil, mm-hmm. except there's a piece of the dancing devil that you want to foster. I.e., the girl can have the opportunity to have a normal life if you're willing to kill. And that's that. That's, but the that, people that's that, that you're willing that to kill are are kind of sort of deserve scumbag. it. And and that's the thing that there 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 is your that's your reason. That's the oh killing's bad. Yeah, but they're really bad people. It's like that line from True Lies. It's just you know. Like Have you killed people? Bad. Yes, but they were all bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then I guess that makes it better. Yeah, anyway, I, I I I'm I'm with you in that there needed to either be way more light or a different right, or just admitting the part where he admit fades. it. Just get rid it, of those that that five seconds. Get it, rid of that five seconds of the episode, it, and it, it, and it's it, fine. It seems to me that maybe the special effects team took on a little bit too much that week, <laughs> and they go here. Oh yeah, he's we supposed made to him different. Wait, oh, what? he's not yeah. supposed to fade away. Oh. <laughs> Too late now. Yeah, we're but, it's going. It's already gone. Yeah. It's the, so, the, the so print's don't, gone. Don't misunderstand what we're that we're putting the creepy old healed man on the bad list. We're putting that little point segment right. of him being showcased into the list. Take that away, and it's a perfect character yeah, because I loved it. It's it's vague it. enough to where you never know who he killed to get his body back. He's also the voice of experience and mm-hmm. voice of experience inside of any of these episodes is a good thing because you get more light shit on right, what's actually right. going on. And that. he gives, he is, he is also the, the Tim, the tempting voice for Johnny as well. Right. You don't have right. to tempt Rachel, Rachel, Rachel at that point in time, I'll try anything. Oh, and the chair actually works. Oh, I have to kill. Oh, okay. Well, they're, you know, like you said, scumbags, no big deal. But creepy old dude has to entice Johnny. He has to be that devil on the shoulder dressed like an angel and talk Johnny into letting her keep the chair. Yeah. When the, the reason I had used the dancing with the devil is because for those of you that either don't or have never heard the song, the devil went down to Georgia. Mm. Well, the devil talks to a dude named Johnny. Yes. The lone hero. No one to team up with. Now, I know we had this in the goods, but it is a double-edged sword. I agree. The fact that this episode, Johnny is is riding solo and makes all of the wrong decisions helps propel the story, sure. But the fact that he doesn't have somebody to also play off with, you don't get to have that other voice. Right. Because let us not forget, Mickey at times has also questioned, well, couldn't we just let this go on so that whoever's using the item to be healed can be healed? You know, it happened in What a Mother Wouldn't Do, where, mm-hmm. where a baby was concerned. Mm-hmm. It happened, you know, her her friend with cancer mm-hmm. during uh, The Shaman's Apprentice, no, you you got to stay here in the hospital. 
oh, but she's so young. Why can't we heal her? So, again, it's I, I kind of feel like had Mickey been in the position with Johnny, there might not have been a lot of, no, we have to take this back to the vault now. The both of them might have actually talked themselves into letting her continue. And then now you have the two characters dealing with the guilt of the death of Marcus, the death of Rachel, the death of Scotty, and also having to worry about the disappointment from Jack Marshak yeah. when he comes back. Mm-hmm. There's there's several things that I think of here. One is that you're absolutely right about being able to have been able to dig deeper. Mm. Had there been more ability with time, the way that the... Because, again, we're just limited to our stupid 42-minute episodes. Right, oh, yeah, yeah. The other thing that this really brought up is that we live in such a completely different era now than when this show was developed. Mm. And in this case, 89, 90-ish, whenever this was made. And what you have to remember is that what we all know is that no mention of the astral slash cursed object could be mentioned inside of a modern-day police report, ever. Mm. And so if that wasn't made, how would there be an official record of exactly what happened anyway if Johnny never told anybody? So if Mm. Johnny just sits on whatever happens whenever Jack and Mickey aren't around, who would know? Well, technically speaking, therein lies another problem, is who helped Johnny clean up the mess? (laughs) So are you telling me Johnny got rid of Scotty's body from the shop and just dumped it in an alley somewhere? Well, right. And and then eventually, somehow, you, know, you have to explain the death of Rachel. Well, and Mickey and, and, and Jack are coming back, and they're go- and you know for a fact that Jack is going to have a stack of newspapers he's going to go through, <laughs> and he's going to come across a story about a whole bunch of kids who end up dead in this pe- frame of time while he was gone. Strange. Hmm. Oh, and it revolved around a girl in a wheelchair. Jack's hmm. not stupid. He's going to put two and two together and go, Johnny. And then that's kind of what I'm talking about is that the way, especially nowadays, the way and the need for things to be reported mm. is completely different now than it was back then. Yeah. Especially inside of, say, a workplace generation where, believe it or not, the Curious Good Shop is a workplace. Well, yeah. So, well, obviously they don't have an HR department of the Curious Good Shop. Some sort of status report has to be written. In fact, that that almost sounds like, wouldn't that be a very interesting podcast to make the reports of each of the episodes as per the perspective of each one of these people? Mm. I think that that would be a very interesting venture backwards to, to do that. Anyway, it, it just, it, again, it emphasizes what was is definitively not what is, but also what could have been. Those are the things that we thought needed a little bit of spit and polish inside this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. But we want to know what you think. Head on over to our website at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com, fill out the contact form, and let us know what you thought were bads. It's time to take a break here during this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast, our review of Friday the 13th, the series, this time season three, episode four, Crippled Inside. We'll be right back. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can. With perpetual advertising, here's how it works. 
Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. In today's world, time is everything. When editing podcasts, <laughs> you know as well as I do, time flies. But it's not the good kind of time flying. It's the kind of time that eats a hole in your pocket. Reclaim the time you lose when you edit your podcast. Connect with The Editor Core. The Editor Core is a group of seasoned, experienced podcast editors that'll get your editing done and out the door. Use your reclaimed time to make more content. Make your podcast soar with The Editor Core. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Everyone, welcome back to the Curious Kids Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and a complete educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 3, Episode 4, Crippled Inside. Every time we come back from break, it's time to open up our manifest moments. The manifest moments are where Nick and I find an engaging piece of storytelling, a character moment that was used inside the episode, or something else that trips our collective review night. Fantastic. Nick, what do you got? My manifest moment for this episode, uh, it, it, it's got to be the incredible melting rapist. <laughs> yeah. You I, stole mine. I, I, oops. Uh, the scene in the, the chem lab, holy crap. I mean, first you know it's oh wow look at look at the boils and he's bubbling oh he's this oh, isn't going to turn out clap, this isn't clap. this isn't going to turn out very well for him and then he continues to melt and I'm like oh all right he's going to be a, a a puddle of goo cool totally needed to we needed to have that shocking death so that not only Rachel as a character could go oh I just wanted a confession oops and runs off but then realizes oh. If I kill them, I get what I want. Well, that's all right. Because if I mean, if you could, could let, let us not mince words here. Being melted into a, a puddle of goo is the worst death that happens in this episode. Mm -hmm. Actually, all the deaths actually get a little bit nicer as the episode progresses. You know, you get, oh, fall off a building. Oh, okay, well, I mean, bad, but still, you didn't melt to death. And that is my manifest moment. 
my manifest moment inside this episode has got to be the discussion. I love the questions that an episode like this brings Mm -hmm. because I won't say that I thrive on being in the center of an uncomfortable discussion, Mm -hmm. but I love discussions, but I love discussions when like the discussion really matters. And I'm trying to think of a more vital and salient discussion than is death worth you being recovered? And I mean, just pull yourself outside of your own body. Ha ha. Inside of this story for a moment as Mm -hmm. you're listening and think about what you're asking. If it wasn't almost gang rape and you got hit by a car, but you were in a car accident and you were a quadriplegic, but I could give you access to this chair. And if you sit in the chair long enough and you murder some people, then you would be fully restored. Mm -hmm. Would you do it? And you see, I think that one right there is the other shoe dropping where this episode's content is concerned. Because if it was just somebody who got into a car accident, Mm -hmm. my life is over. Oh, I have a solution for you. You're going to have to kill, but you'll be fine. You only have to kill a few people. Then it doesn't have anything to do with vengeance at all. Yeah. It has everything to do with selfishness. Yes. How selfish do you want yes. to be? Yeah, absolutely. And that turns and it into a completely different episode. It, not only that, but it, complete, it turns it into a completely different experience for everybody mm-hmm. that's involved. Yeah. And that's what I love talking about. I love examining things like that and then talking about it with people because in talking about it with people, you instantly have a scope into what their psyche is Mm -hmm. and, and what you can expect from people because for as fast as you and I will say, yeah, sure. The potential gang rapists need to die. Is is that then an expression of what you and I think about that? And and I, I love to ponder the question and that's why all of this regardless of whether it's only just the recovery versus the killing moment or what we think of what we see inside this episode. Those are my manifest moments. That's where we ask you guys, what is your manifest moment from this episode? Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you think. Vocabulary. Ah, vocabulary. The words that make this episode go round inside of Mike and Nick brain. This one actually has a couple of phrases rather than just words. The first one is alternative access controls. Some of you may have collectively heard the words sip and puff. And the reason why you may have heard that is because maybe you either have a friend or maybe a friend or a family member that is familiar with someone that is currently in a wheelchair situation that is using something called a sip and puff control. And what that means is there's essentially a straw that uh, that this user would be using and the sip and puff motions of their mouth are what actually control the forward and backward of their chair. Uh Uh-huh. Well, there are many other different alternative access controls that can be used, and we get to witness one of those inside of this episode. And it is the chin control that we're talking about. This kind of speaks to just about every kind of disability as well, where someone will go, yeah, well, they're blind. And when you hear the word blind, what does everyone, asterisk, think about? You think about, oh, so you see nothing. 
Well, I hate to break it to you, that's not the case. You do not have to see nothing to be officially blind. Mm. It's very much the same thing for being deaf. You don't have to hear nothing to be officially deaf. And that's why when we talk about somebody that is paralyzed from the neck down, you have to remember that does that mean that they experience nothing from the neck down or does their neck actually work or whatever? Mm. Remember that more often than not, disabilities are usually a semblance of, of disability on a spectrum, not a, is it black? Is it white? Is it gray thing? Mm. It's always on a spectrum of some kind. And this is exactly the same where someone using this control would either have to be strapped into a chair and then be able to have motion of their neck. Otherwise you wouldn't be able to use a chin control. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I wanted to focus on alternative access controls in general, just so that you guys understand that, that there are often many other different ways to interact with your environment, even if pieces of your body don't work, but that it is always a spectrum situation. Our second vocabulary phrase is no means no. I don't know how to be more succinct than no means no. Right. We have a couple of young ladies inside this episode. The first is Rachel. The other one is Ed's potential conquest who was or wasn't going to participate in the game. Who knows? But when the answer is no, that means no. Mm hmm. And I wanted to make sure that we emphasize that, especially in an episode like this. Oh, yeah. That's where we ask you guys, what vocabulary did you grab from this episode? Let us know by going over to our website over at CuriousKidsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us which words come to mind for you. Episode rating. Ah, the rating inside the Curious Goods Podcast. The scale works thusly. A 10 is on top of the heap. A wonderfully compiled teenage gooey butter wasteland of a dude that was a potential gang rapist. A 1 is on the bottom of the scale. A creepy old healed man fading in and out of existence for no particular reason. Everything starts at a 7 as an average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick... There are no habsies. Nick, what do you got? This episode is one that I vividly remember from my youth. I actually think this is probably the one I've seen the most when I was younger. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I, I, okay. I, I don't know why. Maybe I was always tuning in when they were rerunning that particular mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. But it's always stuck with me. Well, and I think it, it stuck with me also because my grandmother was in a wheelchair. Mm. This is this is one of the episodes that I would show people. It, this would be on my top five list of, mm. hey, you want an idea of what this show is about? You need to watch this episode. It wouldn't be the first episode I'd show them, but it might be the second or third episode I'd show them. Because this is... It has everything that you need to understand the concepts, and it also has that ooey-gooey center of moral ambiguity that causes discussions like we've had here during this podcast review. Despite the fact that we've got a, a old creepy dude who vanishes at some point in time and makes no sense whatsoever, 
despite the fact that we have no idea how Johnny Ventura cleaned up the body that was dead inside the shop and no police were involved. You know what? Doesn't matter right now. That's not important. The thing is, is that you only start thinking about those things after the episode is done and you've exhausted all other talking points of how great this episode is. Then you start picking it apart to, well, that doesn't make sense and that doesn't make sense. So I just cut it off before things stop making sense. And of course, I'm giving this episode a 10. I love the seed that is created by an episode like this because it allows discussions to go in so many completely different directions that are always not only engaging, but have purpose. Mm. And uh, again, I think it's wonderfully done. Something else I was going to mention earlier, and I wanted to make sure I focused on it somewhere inside this episode. There was a movie with Richard Dreyfuss many moons ago, and it wasn't during this same time, but I remember being super impressionable. And it's where he is in a car accident and he ends up being a quadriplegic. And then it's the question of, it's his life. So if he chooses to die, mm-hmm. who are we to say that that's not okay? In fact, I just having recalled that now, I think it's called, Whose Life Is It Anyway? And that's the same reason I had any interest in that, even when I was a very young child, mm-hmm. is the same reason I have interested in this episode. Because it asks the question and then requires salient discussion. And I know so few television programs that allow me to do that. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, ever. And and so, I, how can I not give this a 10? That's where we ask you guys, what did you rate this episode? Season 3, episode 4. Crippled Inside. Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's CuriousKidsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you think. Normally, this is where you'd be expecting to hear what we affectionately call the cheeky push to close. Instead of us trying to beat our ourselves over the head, trying to come up with something for you and failing and making it subpar, we're just going to tip our hats and say, Until next time, I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn your other host. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We are always interested in learning what you remember about these enchanted items and their tales of reacquisition. Connect with us immediately at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com to share your treasured information. Until the next artifact reveals itself, the vault is now closed. I don't know how the human brain works. I'm no doctor. I'm a podcaster. That was weird how I had to leave the dirt. Anyway, it's, it's why you can relate to a character that decides. I was with you all day.